Our guest today was born in New York City in 1945. After graduating high school, he went to Ohio University in Athens and obtained a bachelor degree in organizational communications and an MA in interpersonal communications. In 1973, after a spiritual search, he became convinced that Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, was the Messiah and began following his teachings. He's been listed in the Who's Who in the East, Who's Who in Religion, and Who's Who Among Professionals. In 1981, he became the rabbi of Emmanuel Messianic Jewish Congregation, the oldest extant Messianic congregation in the country, and he still serves at this congregation as the rabbi. Today, we welcome onto the Tove podcast, author Barry Rubin. listening to the Tove Podcast. Welcome to the Tove Podcast. My name is Levi Hazen. I have the privilege of being your host for today, as well as the Executive Director of Life and Messiah International. Since 1887, Life and Messiah staff have been passionately and diligently sharing the good news of the Messiah Yeshua with Jewish communities all over the globe. You can learn more about the work that God is doing through our staff around the world at lifeinmessiah.org. Well, Barry, I've mentioned to you before that uh, your book, You Bring the Bagels, I'll Bring the Gospel, has been a wonderful resource, not only for me, Uh, but for other folks serving with Life and Messiah and folks that have come on short-term missions trips with us. And it is just a wonderful book that I want to recommend to our listeners out there, uh, as well as our viewers. Uh, If you have Jewish friends, maybe Jewish co-workers, Jewish neighbors, whatever it might be, and you're looking to engage them in faith conversations, this is a wonderful resource that will give you some ideas. It'll give you some background about the Jewish people. And it will really aid you uh, in, in your desire to share the good news with the Jewish people. Well, Barry, what was your experience growing up? What kind of home were you raised in? Was it religious or secular and so forth? What, was, what were the influences there? I, I was raised in an ethnically Jewish home, but not particularly a religiously Jewish home. Uh, my parents made sure that I knew I was Jewish. Uh, this is after World War II, and it was a lot of Jewish Parents were actually telling their kids not to identify as Jews because of the fear of another Nazi Holocaust. Mm. But no, I was I, so I was raised very Jewishly, but not that much religious. So I was I would be kind of a Reformed Jew, mm-hmm. a liberal uh, sect of Judaism. Um, but I always identified with my people ethnically, gastronomically. I love Jewish food, <laughs> but who, you know? So uh, it was more cultural than religious. It was a void. I realized uh, after my bar mitzvah, I said, that's it, Dad. I'm not going back to synagogue because I don't believe in any of this stuff. So he didn't either. So he wouldn't have a problem with that. So I got he got me through bar mitzvah. And that was we just kind of said no. And it wasn't until, oh, maybe about 10 years after that, that I really began to start looking on looking for some spiritual truths that I I knew were out there. I just didn't know where to find them. Mm, interesting. Was there anything, uh, any event or person that 
was causing you to begin looking for spiritual truths or yeah, the person was actually Jesus. <laughs> and and it, it's kind of strange. I was in, you know, a secular high school and I was one in the concert chorus. So, so I loved Christmas carols. So I would be singing all these Christmas carols about Jesus. I wasn't allowed to say his name in my house. Exactly. Born as the King of Israel. Uh, uh, you know, all the Christmas carols, they're really very Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I started, that up and I, I said who is this person and then um uh, that had a big impact on, on, on the early day. and then uh i was actually investigating eastern religions mm-hmm. in the late 60s so i practiced transcendental meditation which was very popular in the 60s not so much anymore and that kind of opened me up to the fact that there might just be a spiritual dimension to life mm. which i knew nothing about and um, I was in a transcendental meditation retreat uh, where you meditated 10 times a day. Some, you know, just as like, that's all you do in these uh, hotel rooms. Well, you know, you get a little bit crazy. Mm. And I need a break to, to take my mind off the wood. I had, I had sort of this out of body experience, at least if, looking back at it, that's how it feels, where I saw myself sitting on the bed doing the meditation, which was very strange. And I, I looked around for something to, to read, to take my mind off what just happened. And there was nothing in there but a Gideon Bible, <laughs> in addition to in addition to transcendental meditation propaganda. So I said, oh, I never never looked in the Bible. So I picked up the Gideon Bible, and you'll appreciate that. And I opened to the front of the book, and I was in the book of Revelation. Hmm. And your, your listeners are going to say, wait, that's the back. And I said, well... For a Jewish person to open a Bible, we start at that end, what you call the back, because Hebrew reads from right to left, not left to right. Mm-hmm. So all Jewish Bibles open from the Revelation side. So I'm reading the book of Revelation, and I'm reading about 144,000 Jews that believed in Jesus. I said, what? That's crazy. And I threw the Bible across the room, uh, and I said, I'll believe that when I see it. Mm. And then about um, two months later, I saw an advertisement for a Hebrew Christian Rosh Hashanah service in D.C. And at the time, I was engaged to a Gentile woman who I, it was sort of a Christian, Methodist Christian. And I said, let's go check this out. You know, maybe there's a good place for us to get married and, you know, find a religious home. So we went, and, and, and there were some of those Jewish people that I read about in Revelation, at least that's what I thought, that believed in Jesus. Mm. And uh, they were giving their stories, their testimony. Some of these people are still friends of mine to this day. So that kind of really opened me up to examining the scriptures, which I started to do after that first, that Rosh Hashanah. I mean, Rosh Hashanah is a Jewish New Year, um, uh, Feast of Trumpets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that, I started studying with this missionary guy, and uh, I thought, wow, this is something else. I read Isaiah 53 for the first time about a suffering Jewish man who would be dying for the sins of his people. Mm-hmm. I said, that in the Old Testament. That's that's Jesus. And the, the, the guy said to me, it is. Check your own Bible. Mm. But okay. And I said, well, where is my Bible? I mean, I was given a Bible at my bar mitzvah. But I didn't know where it was. I was not interested in it for all those years. So uh, it was at my, it was in my parents' basement, where they had all their 
religious books up on the top shelf where nobody went. So I, I went down to the basement, Levi, and I found the Bible I was given at my bar mitzvah, and I turned to Isaiah chapter 53, mm-hmm. and the very same words that I had read in this King James Version. And I said, whoa, that's in my Bible. That's that's really there. Yeah. And I, that, that describes Jesus to a T. And I was very excited about that. So I ran up the stairs to where my parents were having a dinner party. And I said, hey, everybody, guess what? I found the Messiah. They were not that happy to be interrupted <laughs> uh-huh. with that message. Sure. Uh, but over time, you know, my parents accepted what I believed. Uh, they didn't like it. But, you know, that's understandable. I, tur- I told you in the last in, in the other interview that I turned down taking over my taking over my father's uh, CPA practice because I thought telling my people about Messiah was the number one thing I could do with my life, not, you know, helping liquor stores make more money by keeping their books better or anything like that. Mm. So, um, so that of course uh, offended my father greatly, unfortunately. And, um, you know, it was, it was tough for a little while, but basically everybody settled down and they accepted that I was really still a Jew and I had this weird way of thinking, but I was still one. I was still part of the people. Yep. Yeah. Let's, um, <clears throat> let's talk about that just for a couple minutes, Barry, because there's a lot of Jewish people out there who perhaps have heard the gospel, who perhaps have investigated Jesus, but it's just too far for them to go because they know that it will cause a division at the very least with their family. They know that at the very least, it'll cause a division between them and the wider Jewish community, especially the religious segment of the community. Uh, so, But you, you've you made that jump. You've made that decision. You took that head on. What would you yeah. say to those Jewish people out there who are thinking, well, Jesus may be right. There are a couple things I've seen that indicate maybe he is the Messiah, Yeah, but it's just not worth it. What would you say to that? <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I, I think that I said that myself, uh, especially when I, when I decided to go into full-time ministry back in 1974, because I really knew that was going to be a major disjunction in my family life. But I said to myself, look, if this is true, if, if Jesus is really the Messiah, the Mashiach, the Messiah, I, I have to follow this because it would mean that my people— have missed the Messiah for almost 2,000 years, and and it's important. It's critical. And what's true is true. You know, you can't argue with what's true. Uh, and if you come to a conviction in your mind from studying the scriptures or praying about it or talking to people that Yeshua is really the Messiah of Israel and Savior of the world, then you have to follow follow that to its logical conclusion, and that is to choose to follow him yourself and uh, whatever consequences come. But I'll tell you what, it's a great life. You have a connection to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through his Messiah that I never had before. I was kind of an atheist. And now God is part of my life Mm. through Yeshua. Uh, I'm enjoying our conversation, Barry. We're going to take a quick break on the Tove podcast. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about how it is that you were drawn to faith in Yeshua. We'll be right back on the Tove Podcast. 
Since 1887, Life in Messiah has helped Christians understand the Jewish roots of our faith and God's ongoing commitment to His people. We teach that anti-Semitism is inconsistent with biblical faith and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which includes her spiritual renewal as well as physical safety. In all we do, our priority is to share the gospel message. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or at lifeinmessiah.org. That's lifeinmessiah.org. Welcome back to the Tove Podcast. We are sitting down today with author and rabbi Barry Rubin, and we are discussing not only his journey to faith, but also his wonderful work, You Bring the Bagels, I'll Bring the Gospel. And again, you can get this work, you can get this resource over at Amazon.com or at MessianicJewish.net. And if you have Jewish friends out there, if you have a Jewish coworker and you're wondering, how do I bring up the gospel? How do I bring up my faith to this Jewish coworker or friend? This book is going to help you. It's going to give you some ideas. And also, it just helps us to be sensitive in our conversations with our Jewish friends. And so it's a wonderful resource for you or for a friend of yours who may have uh, Jewish contacts as well. So you you start to read some scripture. Um, the Lord is clearly putting within you a desire for spiritual truth. You get into some yeah. transcendental meditation and so forth. That clearly isn't working out. What happens next on this journey to belief in Yeshua? So I, I went to a service, what was called Hebrew Christian Rosh Hashanah, Jewish New Year Feast of Trumpets service, a little bit after when I saw that, read that in, in, the, in the Gideon Bible. Mm-hmm. I met Jewish people who believed in Jesus, and I said, what, what's going on here? So I, I, I asked the teacher. He was a great guy. He loved the Jewish people, but he, had, he was wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I, I had never seen a, a, a rabbi wearing cowboy boots at a service or anywhere, actually. I kind of pointed an accusatory finger at him. I said, you're not Jewish, are you? Mm. And he said, no, but I love the Jewish people because of Jesus. I went, what? So his, his heart was so sincere, and I knew he wasn't out to hurt me. So he invited me to go to a Bible study that he was having during the week. I think it was on a Thursday night. And I thought, well, I don't know. I've never really studied the Bible that much, but it can't hurt. So I went to this Bible study on this Thursday night, the first one. And it just so happened they were studying the book of Isaiah. He showed me the verse, uh, Isaiah 118, that says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So I said, sins? What sins? I don't Mm. sin. My problem is stress and strain. That's the transcendental meditation explanation for bad behavior. Mm. He said, I, I don't sin. He said, well, uh, I think you do. So I, I, was, I was living with my girlfriend at the time, or my fiance. I didn't know that was exactly sin, sin as, as some things are, but it, it wasn't exactly kosher behavior. And uh, so I started studying the Bible with him. Uh, regularly. So uh, it, it didn't take long to get to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, the great prophecy about the Messiah. And that's when I read that. And I said, what is this thing about this Jewish guy doing in the King James Bible? And he said, no, no, it's in the same as in your Bible. 
and I said, like I like I shared it, I didn't know where my Bible was, mm-hmm. but I, I went to my parents' home, which is where I knew it had been, and I found Isaiah chapter 53, and it said the same thing as the King James Version, and I said, man, this is true, that, you, that Jesus is the Messiah, and I thought, well, that's pretty big news, I better get busy telling my people about it. Mm. When I went upstairs to the dinner party my parents were having, and I I told them all that Jesus was the Messiah, and they went, "What?" You know, they were not happy. Yeah. But I began to study more closely because, honestly, I thought, you know, I'm just not—I'm just not that trained in Jewish thinking and Jewish theology to know whether this is true or not. So I started studying with an Orthodox rabbi because I thought I want to find a rabbi who does also believe that the Bible is God's word. They just came up with a different conclusion about Jesus. I went and I, I went and found this Orthodox rabbi. Actually, he came into my, he came into our office and I just about pounced on him. I said, Rabbi, I got to study with you. I got to study with you. He said, why? I said, well, because I want to know something that's true about the Bible. So we'll come over to my office on Sunday and we'll talk. Mm. I came over to his office. On, I went over on the next Sunday and I opened a, uh, the Bible, and I, I asked him about some of these so-called messianic prophecies that I had been introduced to, and he said, no, 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 there's other ways to look at all of them. And I said, I'm sure, but I've looked at them this way, like the ninth chapter of Daniel, which tells when the Messiah is going to come, literally to the day his arrival in Jerusalem, and uh, he said, I, th- I think they've got you. Mm. I said, what do you think? He said, well, I think that these are missionaries you're talking to, and they're very well trained. They're very tricky, and they, they persuaded you that Jesus is the Messiah. And I said, "Yeah, I think so," but I believe it. But I hadn't actually received him as my savior, if you know that expression. But I was on a sailboat in the Chesapeake Bay on Passover, the day before pa- Passover. Mm-hmm. My dad, uh, right during tax season. And uh, we, we, we shut the office down so we didn't have to deal with last-minute tax returns. And that night, I got back to the Letter of Foundation building in the Orthodox section of Baltimore. The Letter of Foundation was the name previously of Messianic Jewish Publisher. Okay. There were more Jewish people that believed in Jesus. And I said, this, this, this revelation thing seemed, seems to be turning out to be true. Mm. Um, I sat next to uh, the head of the organization, an eminent scholar from Europe, educated guy and spoke Yiddish fluently, knew his Hebrew backwards and forwards. And I said to him, Dr. Einspruch, do you really believe this stuff? He said, yeah, I do. Do you think maybe you could have made a mistake? He said, he said, if I did, it's the best mistake I ever made. Mm. I thought, wow. And I began to think this is very serious. And I thought I better do something about it. So that night I went back to my apartment and I actually prayed, I think you're the Messiah, Jesus. And if that's true, let's 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 get started. So um and I fell asleep. And then in the morning I woke up and I said, Well, you know, I am still hungry for bagels, so maybe this is okay. <laughs> In other words, I still I still recognize that I was Jewish. Yeah, absolutely. That was in 1973. In 1974, I went into full time ministry in California, and I've been I've been involved since that time. Wow, wow! I run 
and Company, Messianic Jewish Publishers, published books and Bibles, and I have the mess the oldest Messianic congregation in the world. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty immersed. I I think your story really demonstrates the falsehood of one of the most popular myths out there, and that is that Jewish people don't believe in Jesus. Right. Right. I mean, this is prevalent not only amongst the Jewish community. It's unfortunately prevalent among the Christian community as well. And and it's really unfortunate that in the in the when a Christian hears Jewish people who believe in Jesus, it seems foreign to them. Yeah. Uh, but as as you know, Barry, and as you would very well believe, there's actually nothing more Jewish a Jewish person can do than place their faith in the Jewish Messiah who was written about by the Hebrew prophets and who came to shed his blood for the nation of Israel and for the Jewish people and for the sins of the world. Could not say it better myself. Sure. So, you know, my, my point here is to say, if it, we probably have some Jewish viewers out there today, some Jewish listeners, and they've been told repeatedly, Jewish people don't believe in Jesus. Jewish people don't believe in Jesus. It's not possible. And the reality is, even just here on the Tove podcast, Barry, we've had Jewish believer after Jewish believer after Jewish believer as guests on this program. Uh-huh. And if all we do on this program is simply uh, make a dent in the lie that Jewish people don't believe in Jesus, hey, wonderful. It's been a success. But yeah. let's, let's say there are some Jewish people out there who are listening right now, who are, who are watching us maybe on YouTube or, or listening on, on Spotify or wherever they listen to podcasts. And they think, you know what? Actually, I've heard the gospel. I've been thinking about this decision. I know that Jewish people can be atheists. Jewish people can follow Judaism. Jewish people can believe whatever they want, and they still retain their Jewishness. And they're ready to make a decision to believe in Yeshua today. Like you, maybe they had no idea on how to do that. If, if there's someone like that, whether Jewish or Gentile out there today, Barry, how, how, how do they all of a sudden become a follower of Yeshua? Yeah, it, it's like anything else, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a decision. I think that's the word you use. It's not some mystical thing that happens to you. I mean, some people have strange things happen. I did not. But I began to know in, inside of my spirit, inside my heart, just internally, that there was something about that man, Yeshua, that was really special and that was really Jewish. And yet I... I at first, like you said, I was I said, he's the one that caused all the problems, you know, with Jews and Gentiles. It's not true at all. Once I learned that's not true, mm. I said, Well, if he didn't cause the problems, who did? And I realized it was Christians who didn't understand things and got things a little bit messed up for a while. Uh, we can go back over that history. There's a chapter in the You Bring the Bagels, uh, I'll bring the gospel about that whole situation. You know, a person has to be convinced in their own mind that this is true. Yeah. And if they're convinced in their own mind, the next thing to do is is to admit that, you know, just say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. I mean, I prayed in my hotel, in my apartment. I, I prayed to God about Yeshua. I It changed my life. Changed your life. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, for, for you listeners out there as well, that today is the best day to believe in Yeshua. Today is the best day to make that decision, like Barry's mentioning. And the wonderful thing about, about believing in Yeshua is you don't have to get your act cleaned up first. You don't have to become some kind of a great person first. In fact, that's impossible. Rather, 
You believe first, and then you just watch and see what Yeshua does with your life. And let him make the transformational change in your life. We can't do it ourselves. And that's why we turn to Yeshua. He wants to do it for us. And so I encourage you, if you've not yet taken that step and placed your faith in Israel's Messiah, uh, Yeshua of Nazareth, today is the best day to do that. Well, Barry, thanks so much for joining us on the Tove podcast. And thanks for your wonderful work, not only at the congregation, but also uh, in your writings. I really appreciate uh, the bagels, which has been an incredible resource for myself as well as others. So thanks so much for joining us today on the Tove podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the Tove podcast, you can find those at lifeandmessiah.org. Just click on the Tove podcast tab. Otherwise, until next time, shalom.